0: From the Institute of Higher Thinking, this is Literally. It's a podcast. Welcome to Literally, the podcast where great writing meets guilty pleasure. I'm your host, Scott Garner. After 19 episodes of book, movie, television, and pop culture reviews, this podcast has spent the last year in silence. Not really our style. We now return with 12 straight days of reviews by Literally's co-host, my partner, Crystal DeLaRentis. And since it's the holiday season, we couldn't resist calling it the 12 Days of Crystal. today crystal and i will discuss one of the books on her list spoiler alert she liked them all as much as this is a return to podcasting for us it's also an excellent chance for our five faithful listeners to find a gem to give to the book lover on their holiday list or if you're only now listening to the podcast in july it's a fine list of suggestions for beach books we have you covered It is the third day of Crystal, and, and this time I feel like more participatory <laughs> because we've gotten to a book that I'm familiar with as well. Good Omens by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman.
1: I thought it would be a good omen if you actually knew about one of the books. Yeah,
0: exactly. I've enjoyed talking about the others, but and and I'm looking forward to some of the others that I haven't read. But uh, we're going through a little 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 spot here where I know a couple of these. Okay. And this is maybe my favorite that's on the list. It's a it, good book. It's a lot of people's favorite <laughs> book or or among their favorites. And it's from before anybody really knew who Neil Gaiman was. And Terry Pratchett, who we've talked about before on this podcast, unfortunately lamenting the unfortunate uh, loss of his life.
1: And I think this is actually officially the first Terry Pratchett book I've read. Really? Yes, I have the Color of Money, and I've just not
0: Color of Magic. Ma-
1: color of Magic. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that Color of Money is a movie. That's a different thing. Um, So co- yeah, I have the Color of Magic at home. I just haven't read it yet.
0: Pratchett it brings all the silliness mm-hmm. to this, and and he can be a very silly, but amazingly evocative writer. But let's tell people a little bit about what Good Omens is.
1: Well, it's a story about the end of the world. There's, there's, a popular theme for us. Seems to be a lot
0: of that going around here. <laughs> Wonder why we were gone for 12 months. I don't know. Right after last last. I I also uh, spent a lot of
1: money. This is also a very expensive past year for me, to be fair. It (laughs) wasn't all just like doom and gloom.
0: (laughs) Crystal Crystal did some things.
1: Bought a house, bought a car, (laughs) got a new job. It's been kind of intense.
0: Scott and the podcast slipped a little bit down on the list of priorities. (laughs) And and to be honest with you, when have I not? (laughs) All right. Good Omens is about the birth of the Antichrist, mm-hmm. who then, through you know what can only be called bureaucratic error, is swapped with another child.
1: <laughs> it's the only thing we have going for us. <laughs> yes, as <laughs> yes. a species, bureauc- bureaucratic error, bureaucratic
0: error, <laughs> possibly averting the end of the world. <laughs> so the Antichrist is then raised in rural or uh, not rural, rural but Con- country, countryside, the countryside, countryside of, the English. of England. Um, which is not ideal for those who would like him to be the bringer of the apocalypse.
1: <laughs> but possibly ideal for those of us who don't want to bring the apocalypse. I was going to ask if you wanted to read,
0: uh, read your little excerpt right here as right, we, as right we talk here, right about now? the book.
1: Right now? Okay. Yeah. Let's see. I want to hear the sound of the book. <laughs> it's like you're really here. Current theories on the creation of the universe state that if it wasn't created at all and didn't just start, as it were, unofficially, it came into being 10 and 20,000 million years ago. By the same token, the Earth itself is generally supposed to be about 4,500 million years old. These dates are incorrect. Medieval Jewish scholars put the date of the creation at 3760 BC. Greek Orthodox theologians put creation as far back as 5508 BC. These suggestions are also incorrect. Archbishop James Usher, 1580 to 1656, published Annals Veritas et Nove Testamente in 1654, which suggested that the heaven and the earth were created in 4004 BC. One of his aides took the calculation further and was able to announce triumphantly that the earth was created on Sunday, the 21st of October, 4004 BC at exactly 9 a.m. because God liked to get work done early in the morning while he was feeling fresh. This too was incorrect, by almost a quarter of an hour. The whole business with the fossilized dinosaur skeletons was a joke the paleontologists haven't seen yet. This proves two things. Firstly, that God moves in extremely mysterious, not to say securitous ways. God does not play dice with the universe. He plays an ineffable game of his own devising, which might be compared, from the perspective of any of the other players, to being involved in an obscure and complex version of poker in a pitch-dark room with blank cards for infinite stakes with a dealer who won't tell you the rules and who smiles all the time. Secondly, the Earth's a Libra.
0: So, with all (laughs) the Libras in the room...
1: (laughs) The one? (laughs) I'm a Pisces. Not too no. Yeah. I'm a fish. I'm a fishes.
0: You're fishes. A <laughs> fishes. What is it about this book that makes people love it so much, other than just the utter silliness of it at times?
1: Um, I mean, it's well constructed. Like it's, from a plot point,
0: it's a fun story.
1: Yeah, I think it's.
0: I think it has something to do almost with what I think we're going through existentially here in the world, <laughs> which is. It makes the end of the world not sound like it's totally bad, <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> like there can be,
0: there can be some madcap adventures right there, at the right there at the butt end of everything. Well,
1: especially if you're a witch, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> or a witch hunter.
0: <laughs> the cool thing about this book is Terry Pratchett was the best-selling author in Britain for years and years and years, partially because he had a back a back catalog that stayed in print of all his Discworld books. But also he, he wrote he wrote very well, uh, considering that he was writing satire and comedy. He also uh wrote really relatable characters and then Neil Gaiman comes along and, and he's he's like a rock star now, but when he did this book with Terry Pratchett I think he was still a
1: journalist, wasn't he? He was. He, yeah. he,
0: he had met Terry Pratchett through an interview. Right. Um so I, I think it's neat, it's kinda like getting you know, if you're just reading it now and and we understand that there are a lot of people that as popular as this book is, there are a lot of people who have never heard of it or never read it. Mm-hmm. If you're just picking up now, it's like getting a window. Like getting to open a window into the beginning of one guy's career and and, you know, the a part of you know, Pratchett at that point wasn't super famous. I would argue he's not super famous now, but he was very successful as authors go. You know, and you get to see these two guys kind of meld their styles together.
1: And they meld very well.
0: They do. It's almost occasionally you can pick out Pratchett definitely wrote this scene mm-hmm. or Neil Gaiman definitely wrote this scene, but for the most part that book is is a, it,
1: Yeah, it's hard to tell who who did what.
0: Yeah. And that's not always the case with books that have two relatively well-known writers.
1: Yeah.
0: Um Stephen King just released a book with his son, Owen King. Oh. And I'd be interested, I'm going to be interested to read that and see uh, how that, how that turned out. If you if you can really, but then that's, you know, that's within the family. But uh, Pratchett and Gaiman remained really good friends throughout the end of Terry Pratchett's life. Yep. They stayed immensely close. And um, I just can't recommend this book enough.
1: It's very good. I, I knew from basically that passage that I read that I was going to like this book.
0: You did get to go through this madcap adventure of do they sort out where the Antichrist goes, what happened to the other kid. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, You get to know a demon and an angel.
0: Yeah, you get to know a demon and an angel who are friends in spite of being great rivals as well.
1: And their morality is a little (laughs) bit more gray than I think either of them are willing to admit.
0: And it definitely takes a sense of humor. um, You know, uh, I wouldn't say that this is This reminds me a little bit of Christopher Moore's Lamb. Um, If somebody super religious (laughs) read it, they could be offended by it. But (laughs) that's not the purpose of the book. The purpose of the book is not to be blasphemous or offensive to the religious. It is to be funny. And if you read it as such, it's pretty funny. It's very funny. All right. So what do we have on tap for tomorrow? Life-changing magic. The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck by Sarah Knight. I think you're going to get to swear a lot in this one.
1: Oh, so fucking much.
0: Oh, good. Yeah. All right. So that will be the next day of Crystal, the fourth. Uh, This has been the third day of Crystal. So check out Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman's Good Omens. And it is also, as we have mentioned, going to be a TV series soon.
1: Yes, with David Tennant. And... I don't remember who else is in it. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm a Doctor Who fan.
0: (laughs) All right. So we will see you guys tomorrow. And so from the Institute of Higher Thinking, that's it for this episode of Literally. Be sure and check us out at our webpage, literallyapodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook where we are Literally a Podcast. Yeah, you can't get much more simple than that. On Twitter, we are at LAPCTwits. Over the next few months, we're going to be looking to grow and evolve, literally. So if you'd like to be part of that on a volunteer basis, because we can't afford to pay anybody, um, let us know. Perhaps you'd like to be a contributor or help out maybe with some of the audio side of things. Uh, Drop a line on our Facebook page where you can reach me at scott at literallyapodcast.com.